Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, this is Jim White, and thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Today, myself and Simon reacted to the news that Amir Khan has been handed a two-year ban after returning a positive drugs test following his fight with Kel Brook. We hear from Ben Shalom, promoter of Khan's final fight, who explains that he only heard about the positive test this morning. And we speak to Frank Warren to get his reaction to the news. He explains why the issue of drugs in sport goes further Justin and boxing. Again, Simon, an- another dent in the reputation of boxing. We'll talk about this very shortly, but Amir Khan, banned from all sport for two years following anti-doping rule violations um, for the presence and use of a prohibited substance. Yeah. Um, this came post the Kel Brook fight it you did. and I were there yep. we watched that ringside and we watched Kel Brook do a job in Amir Khan yep. again but this is the last thing boxing needs isn't it well there's a part of me that says it's the last thing that boxing needs there's another part of me that says it's the absolute real thing that boxing needs because there's allegations about this sport that is rife in the sport there's allegations of lack of professionalism and lack of process and the more we see of this the more, I mean, I speak to really big sports journalists sometimes. And I say, why don't we write more stories? Why don't you write more stories about boxing? Because it's a crappy world full of rotten people that don't operate in the right way. And it's so murky and it's so bad, we don't even want to write it. It's so ridiculous. But the more it gets this kind of focus, the more there's going to have to be what I consider to be perhaps a professionalisation of the business because we're only finding out about results. OK, this is slightly different from other drug test failures that are currently in the system in terms of people being alleged to have problems like Conor Ben. This is post-fight. But it doesn't matter if it's post-fight. Post-fight will perhaps not bring promoters into disrepute, will not bring the whole fight into disrepute in terms of it being put on, Yeah. but it brings it into disrepute after the event because this is a marquee fighter. Mm. And the questions will now abound. Yeah. What happened during the course of his career? Is this something that was prevalent when he was world champion? Well, that's and, right. And, and Amir is going to have to face this and answer these questions. And I also think people like Ben Shalom need to be slightly different. 
Um, I mean, I've spoken to Ben this morning, and and and, and he's and very he's very clear that this was something they knew post the fight that the British Boxing Border Control knew nothing about it until post the fight. But I think in order to make sure that the look is right for everybody, the promoters have got to do something different than just simply go into the long grass yeah. and not deal with the issue because it won't help them. We've just been accusing Eddie Hearn of all manner of things. And I stand by those accusations, and I'll make them again as many times as I possibly can. But here we are, as another promoter has got to come out and say something. Oh, that's right. That's right. I mean, it's baffling. Yeah, the, the ban started on April the 6th, 2022, and expires on the 5th of April, 2024. Objective yeah. scientific evidence rules out deliberate or reckless conduct by the athlete. Now, we'll get into this more, but what is this Osterine anyway? It's popular amongst bodybuilders and athletes for its ability to build muscle mass and increase strength with minimal side effects. I mean, what is going on? In fact, Simon, um, we're going to put it out there this morning. If you're a fight fan, are you now completely disillusioned with what you watch either at the event, if you go to the event, if you go to the venue, as we did in Manchester on the night we saw Kel Brook do a job in Amir Khan, or if you watch it on TV or whatever, are you absolutely now disillusioned more than ever with this sport? Um, very keen to get your, your, your thoughts on that. If you want, shoot me a message, 810 89 We know Can, in the last hour, banned from all sport for two years. He's retired anyway, many would say. But no, that's not good enough because we've got to get inside this story and work out how long was this going on and what was the significance of it. In other words, Simon, were you and I amongst a huge crowd that night at the MEN Arena watching a tainted fight? Was well, it a dirty fight? Well, look, I mean, it didn't do him any good, did it? Because he didn't, he wasn't in that fight from the first bell to the last, onto the last when it was stopped. So the actual effects of it didn't do him any good. But that's irrelevant. You know, we need to understand. I mean, you, there are other alternate uses for this particular drug, which is basically, you know, for osteoporosis. The argument could be: Why would he be taking a drug for osteoporosis? How did he manifest? How did it manifest itself in the system? Why did pre-fight tests not bring it up? But if he's failed a drug test post the fight, yeah. then you're going to say, without much pushback, I suspect, that it was it was in his system during the fight. Now, when it was ingested, and what benefits that have, I mean, he can't just have popped it before the fight because it's not going to have an instantaneous effect. It isn't the helium, isn't it? it isn't laughing gas that makes you come out with a voice straight away there on afterwards. It'll have to have a, uh, an ability to metabolise in the system. But the answer to your question will inevitably be, if he tested post-fight with this drug in his system, then it was in his system when he was fighting. So that then takes you into the territory of a tainted fight. Mm. And then what you've got now for Emir Khan, unless these guys and girls grow up and get into the mix of being able to deal with this properly and answer questions properly, you're now going to have his whole career up for grabs now. Because people are going to look at this and go, well, when you won the world title, did you ha were you using this stuff? When you've done things in the past, because it's all there to be gotten. That's why it's very important that these yeah. guys deal with this front and centre front and centre yeah. absolutely exactly. very important I mean it, what we know of course regards to Conor Ben's situation is that that fight against Chris Eubank Jr was called off they didn't get in the ring yep. with each other it never came about yep. this did absolutely this did and we watched it well this is testing regimes and we watched the lethargic well, can lose to Brute well yeah absolutely I mean ultimately the purpose of, a, of, an, of an enhancement is not to make you uh, lethargic and to be reluctant to come out of the dressing room it's to make you fit for purpose and they actually give you an advantage not to do the polar opposites yeah. but in, in so far as it's brought out an outcome well look you, the process works because they've caught him 
and they've banned him. And of course, the process is based upon an instantaneous four-year ban. And if you can convince the hearing and the UCADs of the world that ultimately there was a reason for ingestion, which is not based upon uh, a Machiavellian plot to over to, to achieve something, then you'll get it reduced to two. Yeah. So they've already they've considered that they reduced it from four to two. So we know the process works. But we've got to understand, and no one's going to ever be able to square the circle, I suspect, as to why it takes so long. And there may be legals involved, and it may simply be that the nature of the beast is that uh, Khan's lawyers were involved and they didn't find a light of day. But if you've got a British boxing board of control, which I le- I'm led to believe is the case, only found out this morning, and the promoters only found out this morning, you've got to ask yourself what's going on here. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station. Talk sport. In the last hour, Amir Khan banned from all sport for two years following anti-doping rule violations post-fight for the presence and use of a prohibited substance. Now, the objective scientific evidence rules out deliberate or reckless conduct by the athlete. The last time he fought was against Kel Brook up in Manchester. Simon and I were there, so were a whole load of other people. Big fight fans, uh, big turnout that night for that one. But it's fair to say Kel Brook destroyed Amir Khan that night. Amir Khan has been speaking in the last few minutes. Uh, let's hear what he said. I've never cheated. I'm, I'm a retired fighter. And at the same time, you can see by my performance, my performance against Kel Brook wasn't the best performance I had. Well, so in you the can, sense that you lost the fight. I lost the fight. And obviously, if I, if I went in there and knocked Kel Brook out, it's different. I've never cheated in my life. I'm the one who, do, who wanted the testing on, on the fight. And also, um, the amount... Look, the amount that it was, I mean, the amount that was in my system could have been by shaking people's hands. And it was a so debut. So how a bodybuilding drug get into your system? That is the question, isn't it? I don't know what, I don't know what, what drug was in my system. Osterine. Osterine. So, and at the same time... Not licensed like, for human consumption. Guys, I'm really sorry. We need to prepare yeah. a statement. We'll be in yeah, I'll, I'll be in touch. I'll, I'm going to give my, my views anyway. But like I said, I've never cheated in my life. I will never cheat. And like I said, I am a retired fighter. So if I've got a two-year ban now, which is quite strange. And funny that they've run me. I'm already retired anyway. So no comeback plans then, clearly. No comeback plans at all. But like I said, I've never Generally, cheated and I never will. So and that's just not something I would do. I was Amir Khan speaking to Sky Sports just moments ago. Osterin. What is Osterin? It's our understanding it's a popular uh, substance amongst bodybuilders and athletes for its ability to build muscle mass and increase strength with minimal side effects. That was Amir Khan speaking moments ago. Um, I mentioned the Kel Brook fight. The promoter that night, was Ben Chalong, and Ben joins us live this morning. Ben, good morning. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, your phone must be red hot. What do you know about this? Good morning, Jim. Look, we're in the same boat as you. We uh, we found out this morning via social media. So we're as, we're as shocked as, as you guys are. Ultimately, it was a post-fight test. It seems both fighters were VADA tested, UCAD tested rigorously during the whole promotion. No, nothing, no adverse finding whatsoever. We didn't even know there was any any issue up until this morning on social media. So it's a, it's a strange one for us as well. Don't want to comment on on Amir because, you know, that's that's something that's to do with him. But f- from our perspective, as I say, the first time we found this out is on social media this morning. Ben, as you can imagine, many boxing fans getting in touch with us, seeing they've now lost uh, any love that was left uh, in them that they had for the sport. They've now lost that love altogether. They, they feel the, the sport has next to no credibility. And also, I'm looking at messages coming now. Ben Shalom, the promoter of the fight, is he serious? They only found out this morning? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I can't quite believe 
why we've only found out via social media. Not only have we only found out this morning, but we've had no official notification from anyone. It's very difficult because we're staunchly against this. We always have been. It's the very root of what we stand for. It is a problem in the sport. I think this shows even more so. We're as shocked to find out as you guys are, but to find out via social media with no notification whatsoever is, is, is bemusing, to say the least. But also, maybe maybe the adverse finding has only just been found as of yesterday. I don't know. I don't want to accuse you, Cad, of, of not going through the right process or the board. I called Robert Smith as soon as I saw it on, on social media this morning. He said he found out yesterday. So I found out on social media today. So that's, that's where we're currently at. We're, we're but ben, what's a reasonable expectation of understanding a post-fight test? I mean, a post-fight test happened. We're talking about a year ago now, or the best yeah, part uh, of it. In fact, a year ago. And we're sat here now with seemingly the promoter of the fight not knowing anything about a post-fight test or any results as a result of it. The British Boxing Board of Control, we're told that when a UCAD test is um, performed, that the cycle of information is to the promoters and to the British Boxing Board of Control because we've done this chapter and verse with Conor Ben. So how is this different? How are you not in the loop for any test, whether it's pre-fight or post-fight, how are the British Boxing Border Control not in the loop? Because it would it would appear that UCAD have no obligation to communicate with anybody on the basis of this. I don't know when UCAD have found or ruled this uh, for this adverse finding. You know, it could I, I I can't comment because the first I've seen is on social media this morning. Usually, their rules would state that they would inform the board and the promoter, which they haven't to any you know either of us as i said the book robert said he found out yesterday i'm not sure by what means and we found out today on social media because staff were sending me pictures on social so when it, you say you don't know yeah. when this test was uh, the, the, when the adverse findings were taken it's a post-fight test so are you saying this could have been taken months after the fight or are you saying that most likely it was taken directly after the fight and these are results of a post-fight test, which means directly post-fight. What can people understand from that? Look, I, I've got the report now. I've not read it all. We got it this morning at, from social. I think from our perspective, we, we don't know. We would expect that it's a post-fight test that's taken immediately after the fight. Yeah, but Ben, you say you don't know. Can accepted yeah. a violation of anti-doping rules and said he hadn't intentionally ingested the substance. And that's an argument accepted by an independent panel after a hearing in January. Yes. So this but has been doing the rounds since January. I understand that. But as I say, we have not been notified. The board, I spoke to Robert Smith this morning. He says he found out yesterday. So I think the questions need to be asked of you, Cad. What's interesting is they're saying that he didn't intentionally take the substance, but he's still on a strict liability basis being banned from the sport. And that's something that we'd always stand behind regardless of whether it's intentional or not but i think the questions need to be posed to you cad as to what process they followed here and why the promoter or according to the board and this is a question for robert smith they only found out yesterday why we've only been informed now because we i think we're as surprised as everyone else but let's pair this back ben can you tell us the testing regime pre-fight because at this moment in time, what we've got yeah. is a situation where everyone's shrugging their shoulders and saying, well, we didn't know anything about it, Gov. Mm. You can't point a finger at us. Amir Khan seems to have known about this for a year. He must have yeah. known about it for a year because he's the one that took the test. Yeah, he can't even get a cohesive sentence out of his mouth when he's asked by Sky and comes out with the usual shtick. But can you yeah. tell us 
the regime and the amount of testing and when the last tests were on this fighter pre pre the fight these guys were te- probably the most rigorous testing process we've ever done in any fight before we have vada tests going up vada testing on both fighters ucat testing on both fighters we have uh, testing going out to Colorado where I mean up until what point Ben I mean the fight right was on the Saturday the up until what point right up until the fight week on the fight week they will have both been tested as well you couldn't have gotten any more rigorous testing than what we put in place for that fight it cost us tens and tens of thousands of pounds so to see this now is not only surprising to us but also makes us question what what you could have been doing in since the fight I mean, the fact is, Ben, Can cannot get away with this, even though, as he's saying to Sky Sports moments ago, I'm retired. I'm no longer a fighter. Well, that, that that may well be the case. But that night, he was fighting. That night, I, we I, were I, there I, with you, and we I watched. Agree. And all the I fight agree. fans who went, Ben, will now be saying to themselves, well, what did I watch that night? Did I watch a fight that was tainted? I agree. And, you know, they have ruled that it wasn't intentional, but he still received his ban. And that's what that's that's what you know the purpose of the testing is supposed to try and achieve. And I think um, it is difficult because we know that it's a problem in the sport. And when it's not dealt with seriously, we've been staunchly against this. It, it does ruin the sport. All I can say is, how as a promoter can we find out from social media over a year since the fight? You yeah. know, we're we're as we're in a position where we don't know what's going on. We paid for absolutely the most testing that you can possibly get on that fight. And yet we find out on social media and others find out before well, us. And what happens now, Ben? I mean, for those listening this morning who are as baffled as we are, uh, when you finish with Simon and I here live on Talk Sport, is your is your next call to Robert Smith of the, the British Boxing Board of Control? Is it to Amir Khan himself? What yeah, is boy. it? Because you, yeah. you, you're rightly going to be saying to him, well, hang on a second, I'm in the firing line here. I've already spoken to Robert Smith. He, he told me that he'd only found out yesterday. Um, and and that was his that's that's his position on it. I've spoken to Amir Khan's team. They are giving me the same lines as what Amir is saying to Sky. Ultimately, I can't comment on Amir's situation, but what I can comment on is this is a strict liability thing, and he's been banned. But the first the the next call for me is probably to you, Cad, to understand why we haven't been informed. Does this not put you in a situation with this fighter? Is there a reclamation situation here, where in terms of you've paid a fighter? To go into a fight on a promotion that you've put together that's taken in a lot of money out of this fight and has gone in a tainted fashion. Do you have a position where you say, hang on a second, you, I actually think I should be reclaiming the monies that you have paid for this fight because as a result of this fight, you've brought the sport into disrepute and you've gone in it on the basis of a drug fail? Look, I think we found out about this an hour ago on social media. We, we will sit down after. We've got a press conference now for Lawrence Coley, Chris Billings-Smith which, which is, is, a, is a very positive thing. And then after the press conference, we'll, we'll pick it up and see what needs to be, how it needs to be dealt with. I, I just have to reiterate, our stance since we came into the sport was for a clean sport. Our stance has been an absolute zero tolerance policy, whether intentional or not, or not and that remains. Our stance is for absolute transparency, that every promoter and boxing authority should be as transparent as possible and everyone should be entitled to the findings and see absolutely everything but when we're not even finding out the test until probably after you guys find out we're a sitting duck in this situation and we've paid for all that testing we've put on the fight in good faith we've put on one of the biggest spectacles of british boxing last year and now it's been tainted and and we find out this way so 
as I say, it's very serious in the sport. It needs to be taken more seriously. There's clearly problems with how the sport is being tested and how the authorities are communicating each other with each other. Who's who's responsible for what? Whether it's VADA, UCAD, the board. We don't know, mm. but we're as disappointed as, as as anyone else. There's going to have to be one body fairly soon, as a not Ben, just to just to sort the whole things out in the, in the interest of clarity. But anyway, Ben Shalom, we appreciate it. Um, in fact, in fact, Ben, just before we go, this is just coming into us here from UCAD. Daily dosage of Osterine intended to enhance performance would be 10 milligrams or more. The concentration of Osterine in can sample taken on the 19th of February was 0.5 nanograms per millimetre. So it was a very, very small amount uh, in there, 0.5. Now, if if, uh, there was an, an, an amount to be taken that would say enhance how he fought that night, that would need to be 10 milligrams or more. This, this was- is a very important point, Jim, as well. What they found is clearly an extreme trace that had no performance-enhancing uh, ability. And what they found also is that it wasn't intentional. However, they're still giving him a two-year ban, which is the correct thing to do. And however, the- they didn't tell anybody before it found its way into the media, and you as the promoter and a British Boxing Board of Control should have been in this loop. Without a doubt. But it goes back to my the other point, regardless of what Jim is saying around the trace, around of how much it was, around whether it was intentional or not. Amir Khan has never in his whole career, he's a clean athlete and has been exemplary in the sport throughout his career. So I'm surprised to see this. I'm not surprised that it was unintentional. I'm not surprised that it was trace. However... It still needs to be treated in the in a way where it's strict liability. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
presents Engagement Outspoken with White and Jordan. Top boxing promoter Frank Warren, who it must be emphasised has nothing to do with Amir Khan, joins us live. Frank, it's the last bit of news that boxing needs right now, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great shame. I mean, what I'm surprised at, how many, how long ago was this uh, test take place? Uh, February last year, Frank. I mean, what, what is that all about? They've kept that under the wraps, UCAD, uh, for a year. Well, that, that again is a big question, Frank, as to why have they done that? Uh, the ban starts, it's backdated to April the 6th, 2022, and will expire on April the 5th, 2024. The substance involved is Osterine, popular amongst bodybuilders and athletes for its ability to build muscle uh, mass and increase strength with minimal side effects, even though it's, uh, it's news to can. The concentration of Osterine in Amir Khan's sample taken on the 19th of February, incidentally, uh, Frank, was 0.5 nanograms per, per milliliter, which is an absolutely tiny, microscopic amount. But nonetheless, big questions are still being asked and Khan is still banned. Well, look, if you get caught, if you get caught with the, the drugs in your system and you provide your B sample and you have a fair hearing, and he must have provided, he either did or he didn't provide the B sample. And if he didn't, then obviously they've gone ahead, UCAD, and, and come to the conclusion they have. But the fact is, it doesn't matter what's in your system, it shouldn't be in your system. And I, I don't care what the amount is, because it may be that, I'm not saying it in his case, but it could be in that particular day that it was the residue from something that you'd taken a few days before. Who knows? Yeah, but yeah. it should be in your system. It seems to me, Frank, with all due respect, I mean, you've been around the boxing game for many, many years now. There needs to be a lot more joined up thinking between UCAD, promoters, the board, the media. I mean, the, 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 it's crying out for more cohesion, isn't it? It is, but it's not just boxing. I mean, you know, that, that, they have the same problems in various sports. You know, they've had it in cycling and uh, athletics. It's obviously more pronounced, I think, in boxing, in as much that the names are, you know, the names are, are much, much bigger. It seems when they're found out, or they're around high-profile, um, profile fighters. Whatever it is, it, there must, needs to be an overhaul completely in sport as regarding drugs. PEDs, whatever you want to call them. There needs there to be needs a lower be. bar, though, Frank, for boxing, doesn't it? Because in cycling and those sports, no one's punching one another in the face. I mean, I old... agree. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not in any shape or form. I, I, you know, I think it should be zero tolerance. I mean, that's it. It's, you, it's in your system, and you haven't got a good reason for it. And your, and your B sample is. Uh, but there is, know, Frank, and there was strict liability. This, which is why other fighters are not wanting to face the British Boxing Board control. You've got an outcome: well, bang, done. Two years, four years maximum, two years minimum, or ban for life. Yeah. But the question that must abound from for you guys is what the hell is going on with UCAD because it doesn't help the process if UCAD aren't telling Ben Shalom and aren't telling the British Boxing Board of Control and are taking a sample on February the 19th the night of the fight they took the sample and 12 months later it gets dumped in the public domain seemingly without Shalom knowing or Robert Smith knowing I mean what that what does that do to the sport and what does it do to the effectivity of the of the governing body I think first of all I think obviously there would have been there would have been hearings so if you know, I mean, Amir says he knows nothing about it. So I've seen from his quotes. I mean, I haven't spoken to him. There was a hearing time. in January, Frank. Apparently, what January this Just year? Just yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. it's taken. It's taken what nearly a year. Eleven months. It's yeah. taken eleven months to, for a hearing, which doesn't sound <laughs> sound ridiculous to me. Yeah. To be quite honest, but it's taken eleven months, and obviously they've had the hearing and they they they've made their decision. I just don't understand it. And I think what the big problem is with all of this is the legal side of it. I think they're going into this and it relates go, relates to a case 
uh, involving uh, Bloomberg, the news agency, where they 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 um, a few years ago they um, printed a story about somebody who was at that time at that time hadn't been found guilty, had only been charged of a crime, and I think that there lies the problem. But can that extend that? And I get that, Frank, for landing in the public domain. But it can't extend to the confidentiality that would then wrap up the British Boxing Board of Control and the promoter. So the promoter of the fight, in this instance, Ben Shalom, and the British Boxing Board of Control would be bound by an, uh, uh, an obligation of confidentiality. There can't be an excuse for UCAD to have not brought them in the loop on the basis of a Bloomberg trial. No, I, I, I mean, if, if Ben Shalom was unaware of this, I, 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 think it's, I think it's totally unacceptable. I mean, you know, what we're in now, we're in April now, and if they had the hearing in, in uh, January, at least he should have known about yes, it. Yes, you would but think I don't so. Understand, I don't understand that whatsoever. And there's no excuse for it. I mean, I'm not defending it. I'm just trying to, you know, say what I think would be yeah, a of problem. Course. Are they know, good enough? Are, Frank, I, are these agencies good enough, Frank? I mean, we've got this no, argument about Conor Ben. Are they good enough, Frank? I don't think that, I don't think it is because it's too. It, it seems there's too many problems with this. There was problems in the past where they were leaking stuff. They were like a sieve. You'd, you'd you'd read about it in one of the Sunday newspapers about a boxer or an athlete being tested positive before anything before anybody knew about it. Then they had to shut that down because they. I know they were getting a lot of um. They were getting a lot of heat from various lawyers regarding that. But the fact of the matter is, it needs to be. It needs to be sorted out. And I think anybody who is involved in any sport, they have to accept if they're found found to be tested positive, then that should be made public. And especially in boxing, because a boxer, if it's taken that, that amount of time for him, to, for in Amir's case, for, for him to have a hearing, would he have been allowed to box in the meantime? Was he suspended? Yeah, no that's, one a was good point. that's a good point. And if had he been aware, been, been allowed to box... yeah. Which was a similar situation that would have occurred with Conor Ben, I think, at the time. Had he, he failed one test, and he, yeah. he may have had a fight in between. That's what's unacceptable because the guy who's getting in the ring with him is putting his life sure. on the line. Sure, that's what's now, wrong about it. Now, Frank, we've got you on to talk about what possibly might be next for Tyson Fury. We saw Joshua, some would say, making heavy weather of getting rid of Franklin on Saturday night, but still, he did it. Uh, unanimous decision. So what is next? Are you now actively talking about getting Tyson in with Joshua? No, I've not had any conversation with Tyson at all. He's he, he, he's very short notice, went away. Uh, he's gone, he went to Italy for a few days. It, it was on, I thought it was Hollywood, on business. He's gone there for a couple of days and he's back. I think he gets back sometime tomorrow and I'll speak to him tomorrow. There's no point in me speaking at the moment. We, we sent a few texts while it was going on, but it is what it is. So I'm not going to get into into any conversations with him yet until he gets back and uh, okay. then we'll, we'll meet up. Did Joshua's performance convince you that this indeed would be a good t- uh, fight to make? Well, it's a good fight for Tyson. I think he beats him. All- I thought he beat him all day long anyway, but I think that's convinced me of beat him. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back each weekday to bring you the best of the show. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.